So do you remember when we thought the two weeks our kids had off for winter break was long? Insert a giant laugh right here. Hi there, it's Garrett. This is The World According to G. Episode 3. Since we spoke last, I'm spending a lot of time working at home in the morning, and I had a meltdown. It's one of those days where I'm working, and the kids come down and immediately tear into me. Why'd you do this? Why is the radio so loud? Why is it cold down here? Why is the fan on? And in my brain, there's a boiling point, and I've almost reached it, thinking, can the kids go to the pool? Can the kids go back to school? Look, I know they're losing their minds. We're all losing our minds, and we're all trying to get through it the best we can. It's tough. It's a learning process for all of us. On the podcast today, we're going to talk to one of my coworkers. Uh, she's become a great friend over the years, and she's not one to hold things back, which is great, and that's what I love about her. So that's what we're going to do here in just a couple of minutes. And then we wrap up the podcast with some good news. I search the internet. It takes hours. It's a grueling job, but somebody's got to do it. And I find some positivity. I find some good stories, something that is going to be uplifting and maybe get your head right if you've been going down the path that I have from time to time where nothing makes sense and everybody's angry at everybody. So we try to put you in a good mood with, can I get an amen? Now, I saw an article yesterday that said that we only use 10% of our brain. Seems like a huge waste, right? Like a big waste. How do you feel about the fact that you're using even less of Netflix? Like, I'm not a big Netflix guy, but I'm starting to watch a little bit more here and there. Somebody will turn me on to something. I'll say, okay, if I got time, I'll watch it. According to a new report, the average subscriber, you and I who subscribe to Netflix, we only consume about 2% of Netflix library each year. Only 2%. And how many of us, how many of you binge watch things? Now, Netflix has close to 5,500 titles. Now, I did the math on this. If you wanted to watch them all, all 5,500 titles, it would take you four years, two months, and eight days. That's about as much math as I do in my world, by the way. And that's if you binge-watched nonstop. You'd also be paying at least $600 in subscriber fees over that amount of time, maybe a little bit more, 660 which by the way, you actually spend that anyway, watching the 2% that you do watch. We've got grandparents who lived in the depression in World War II who taught us the value of a dollar and we're spending that much money on 2%. Got you thinking now, huh? So go ahead, do your duty, sit down in front of the TV and start watching immediately. It's the American way. Press the blast off button. Okay. We're all about having fun. There's nothing wrong with being fun and popular and just giving people what they want. Trust me, you're going to love this. Get on and turn it up too, all the way. It's showtime. So I haven't seen my, gosh, I call her my work wife. We've worked together now for uh, a few years and I used to see her every single day for hours on end and she would annoy the crap out of me. <laughs> Um, but I love her to death, and she does middays on the radio station that we work at, which is K95 in Richmond. And she, like myself and the rest of our team, have been 
working from home. We've kind of built somewhat of a quasi-studio at in various places in our homes uh, with equipment provided by the radio station. And I think Lori's is in a bar at her house. Mine is in my man room. Lori, welcome to the world according to G. What up, G? I'm still the worst, by the way. The worst. <laughs> I don't think you're the worst. You still do your job and you do it well. You're just doing it from know, home. But in the but in the building all the time, whenever I would like drop a ball or something would happen or I couldn't figure out or I'm I'm the best for like if something doesn't work, I just, just keep hitting delete. And then the big thing was always like, Lori, you are the worst. She Lori <laughs> would be uh notorious for not filling out a form correctly. And when it didn't oh, get God. filled out correctly, we would come to her and she would say, Oh, I forgot that. And so yeah, the phrase that our old promotion director started was you're the worst. The worst. And it's stuck. <laughs> So she's not the worst. Uh, she does an amazing job. Um, she's got a lot of fans on the station. Since you've been home, I mean, you've I've seen you once, maybe twice right. since right. mid-March um, working yes, from yes. home. Are, do you do anything, really? Exactly right. I love how people say that. Like, you're seriously, I was the one felt, yes, we're working. Like, that's the amazing thing about the people who are working from home, I think, is a lot of people like, oh, you're home. And granted, you may not have to deal with traffic and, and you don't have to dress as appropriately. But, I mean, people are still getting a lot done. People are being sometimes more um, productive because you're having less um, interruptions, you know, depending on how many kids slash dogs slash um, significant others are in your house. Um, but like, I think a lot of folks are being more productive from working from home. Um, I know I am the, the issue I have, and you already talked about this is that, um, we all like each other and, and, and that's hard for us not being able to be around one another. Right. And I think a lot of people, uh, those folks who want to get back, you know, to we're all in the, in, in the building again, you like who you like the people you work with. It's like family. So that you miss, you know? Yeah. Um, you say you do um, like working with the, or you do enjoy the people you work with and you do enjoy your family at home. But I tell you, you know what? I have fought more with my family being at home than I ever did with you. <laughs> well played. <laughs> it seems like there's always an argument at the house. I'm like, quiet. I'm trying to do my show. Oh, and it's, well, you know what? And that's where you just have to, people just have to go with it and say, look, you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days and you're going to have days where you want to punch somebody in the face. And then you're going to have days where you're like, hey, this is cool. We, we're getting along. But it's just because it's that, it's 24 7. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's, there, there is no break whatsoever. Are you sticking um, with a schedule that you had when you were coming in here? Are you not setting an alarm now, or are you setting an alarm? Are you still trying to maintain somewhat of a regular, normal schedule that you had before? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I actually, I, well, <clears throat> I won't, I'll say I am now. Let's put it that way. I think we all, when it first went down, like the first probably two to four, maybe six weeks, everyone's like, this is awesome. And then we all realize, good Lord, we're drinking too much, we're eating too much, and, and it's just too hectic. So, yeah, probably about a month into it, I thought, oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, I still set an alarm, especially now, because I like to walk. So I get out and do my walk or whatever. Finally have a husband walking with me. That's a whole other issue. But, yeah, so I, I do, and then plus my – Everything is on the second floor for me, and my husband and I realized that we, Bear and I, do better when we have some 
when we're not together in the mornings, I remember I did mornings for like 30 years before right. I started doing middays. I didn't realize I don't like him in the morning. He doesn't <laughs> like me in the morning. <laughs> so so we, we, it took us a little while to figure that out. Like he makes the pot of coffee and I pass him to get to the pot of coffee. Uh-huh. But then, yeah, we really give each other some space the first couple hours in the morning. You know, we'll say good morning or whatever, but not a lot of interaction. Um, and then usually around lunchtime or whatever, we might we'll, we'll, we'll chat it up or something. He's still it's still funny. He texts me. He'll text me from downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> My wife does the same thing. The UPS driver here, your package. I'm like, okay. My um, wife will do the same thing, but it's bring me coffee. And when she gets yeah. up, and I'm already downstairs, I'm like, seriously, can you just right. get up, get right. your coffee? Right. Exactly. Like, I'm going to finish my book up here. A little cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. The problem is, once you open that door, you can't close it. So be careful about that. It's not closed. Uh-huh. I get, if I leave the house and I don't get her coffee now, I'll get a text right. and it will say, did you forget something this morning? I'm like, well, was it right. to kiss you before I left or the coffee or both? Right. And she'll <laughs> she'll clearly say both. So Right. That's funny. Yeah. I'm, I, you have to find a routine. Um, you know, I, I start doing my prep and then I start doing my show and, um, and then, you know, we have other interviews and stuff to do or whatever, but usually the only difference is my day now is definitely done at three. Right. Um, you know, whereas before, but then I also start a little earlier than I started before, but again, I feel super productive, but now, and then we always have our zoom call on Wednesdays at two, but there's less of that idle interaction, but I think that's where the bonding, you know what I mean? Right. I yeah, feel like so. it's, I, I don't feel as productive at home, even if I am communicating with everybody. And mm-hmm. um, our company, for the most part, is still keeping the majority of people at home. Uh, they have right. said, come in if you need to come in, but obviously follow protocol, follow right. CDC guidelines, wear your masks, use your hand san- and sanitizer and stuff. Um, and I'm coming in now in the afternoons just to do my show. Uh, I work from home in the mornings, and then that way, the morning shows that are here, uh, I don't see them. They're gone before Mm -hmm. I get in. And so I don't have a lot of interaction with humans here in the building in the afternoon. So it's kind of nice. It's very quiet uh, when I come in. And that's kind of, it's worked out that way. And then we still wipe everything down before we leave. We wipe it down when we get here. But we have to sign our sign our lives away when we walk in. You know what's so funny when you said that, Garrett? Is I remember like there were times because of where my studio door is and where your office door is yeah. that it would just be like just that door nonstop and calls and conference calls and blah, and I used to think and you'd look at me and you go I'm just gonna go get something to eat right I'd be like okay yeah you know that was just the activity of the time and a lot of that activity has kind of been put on pause but yes. Now it's quieter. It's much quieter, and I'm finding myself doing things uh, around the house that I probably wouldn't have before. Um, Like, I picked up a guitar for the first time in years. I'm learning more how to tie knots for bushcrafty type stuff. Uh, so if you know oh, the end of the world happens, well the the SHTF <laughs> scenario happens, right, I'm gonna right. know how to you know build a shelter and start a fire. I knew how to do that before, but now I'm I'm feeling more confident in the ability. Right. Have you have Dude, you taken I've the time to learn anything? Um, I am doing a lot more reading <clears throat> um, than I have in the past because my God, we watched so much TV for a while there. Right. 
I would say I'm doing more, I'm, and I'm doing more, which is probably not a good thing. I'm doing more baking. I've always been, you know, like uh, like you, you know, we eat a lot of meat on the grill and whatever, but I've been doing more baking of different things. Like I made a blueberry cake the other day. Blueberry it cake? Ter- it was terrible. <laughs> um, because I had... I- I had all these, I had all these extra blueberries. I had bought like they were on sale, so I bought like the two containers. It was oh, so bad, god awful. Um, the squirrels got that one. Oh, very nice. Um, what is your favorite yeah, thing yeah. to bake? Uh, I love banana nut bread, and I, I hate it so like cliche because everybody makes banana nut bread. Although I do so like do like zucchini bread too. I love um, a good zucchini it, bread. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I like to make breads. Um, I'm not. I mean. I think uh, cake slash breads. I didn't get into like the sourdough bread and stuff like that or whatever. I didn't do that. But, um, and the other thing I do, I guess a podcast, right? Yeah. I love making cocktails. Like I have made, I mean, I have. You don't have to hide anything for- here, Lori. Just let it go. <laughs> good. Uh, my husband is currently at the ABC store so we can restock the bar. Um, but I love making cocktails. I have had so much fun. What has uh, been I've, your favorite have- cocktail that you've made lately? What is something new that you've tried? So I just read, I, my husband's always been a rum sunrise guy, not a tequila sunrise guy. Okay. And so I just got, kind of got into a different rum sunrise. And then also there's a little concoction I make, which is kind of like a lemonade. It's kind of like a hard, a hard lemonade, but it's not. I mean, it is, it's got liquor in it, but yeah, I've been getting into the lemons and the limes and the, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm having him get me a lime vodka. Never made anything with lime vodka before, so oh. give that a shot too. I like the um, uh, the vodka that's got the like the sweet tea flavored vodka, and then you add the lemon to the lemonade to that or the limeade, and that's yes, really yes. good. Yeah, and then I for a while there, I was like mulling and making mojitos, and I was doing like the the mint, and I just kind of got and then oh, that's what I did get. I got a, a new. We actually have two bars in our house, but that's a long story. Um, <laughs> But I got a new kit to put in the other bar so I could do more mauling and stuff like that and making. So we actually have happy hour, and sometimes it's just a beer, and sometimes I make a fancy little cocktail. So, yes, I've been crafting, uh, finding different things to make. I'm making my own margarita now, um, which is pretty amazing. Do you like, follow the Luke forget. Bryan recipe, one margarita, two margarita, three margarita shot? Shot? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm making them, so I get to have the shot. Uh, okay, so... And then, I'm not gonna lie. I went out to a bar just a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh, here in uh, here where we're at in Virginia, we're in phase three, so we can actually go to bars. Um, we have to follow protocol, you can't of course. Stand at the bar. You, you can't stand at the bar. But I ordered a drink and I got it, and I took a drink, and I asked. I went back to the bartender, and I said, "I don't mean to offend you, but you got to remember, I've been making my own drinks for the last three, four months." Did you really put any liquor in here? Right. Isn't it the truth? Yes. <laughs> it's the truth. Because it'll say a shot, yeah, a shot and a half, you know, or whatever. Yeah, when you're making something, yes. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've got a heavy pour at the dollhouse, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, um, we have a pull, so we've been doing like the orange crushes and things like that or whatever. But we try to go, guy, we'll, we'll go a couple days and go dry. We're like, okay, we're going to do nothing. We don't. I, I, here's the other thing: we don't drink all. I would say we make nice drinks or whatever, but right. we don't get like hashtag drunk or whatever. Of course. But yeah, but it's been we've ha- incorporated a little happy hour here at the house. It's um, doing a little bit better. Happy so, hour at the dollhouse is every day, but I don't have a cool pool like you. I went to Walmart and paid ten ninety nine for that little five foot in circumference plastic pool that I just go sit in on my deck. <laughs> That's great.
I got a visual. <laughs> with, <laughs> with a, uh, I've got a Jack and Ginger in my hand and I'm in the little kiddie pool, you know, with a hose running to it. That's great. I got my, uh, we shipped one out to Oregon um, to uh, Avery, my granddaughter, but it was a little bigger. It was like the, it's like, you know, cause we're grandparents. We got her like the big blow up one or whatever. Right. And my son tried to, my son tried to run hot water into it from like the, uh, I think it originally from like the hot water spigot. And then eventually he went to where he runs the hose from like the hot water spigot of the wash machine, I think, <laughs> and then runs it into it because in Oregon, it doesn't get super warm. Oh, wait a minute. And then bear decides he's going to send them a, one of those blankets that goes over top of it, you know, like a solar blanket <laughs> or a blow-up pole. And this is not like an above-ground pool. Right. <laughs> it's just a blow-up pool. I'm like, wow, we're over the top now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's your job as grandparents is to is to spoil right. your grandchildren. Yes. Mine true. asked me for a horse trough if we could get one of those and put it in the backyard and fill it with water. And then I oh, thought about it and I said, them? you know. Those are a big thing. That's a cool. People are decorating them. They are. But here's the thing. Um, unless you put a like a a drain in it, look, I grew up on a farm. Those things are heavy, and they're heavy to push over to empty if it doesn't have a drain. Um, right. But they are people are putting a lot of those on their decks these days. I guess you would have to drill a hole on some told whatever thing there was a tap to let it out or whatever. I never thought about that. Yeah. Then the other thing is too. Just saying. Like that water after a couple of days not being filtered. Ugh. It's going to get um, nasty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you just uh, took a bath in the same bath water for six yeah. days in a row. You might find a leaf or two in it as well. I don't I don't know. <laughs> so you've got your grandbaby. Is she going back to school? I know. And you know, this is the thing is she is five. So she this would be kindergarten for her. Right. First year of school. Um, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't... Um, we, I think in Oregon they don't have a yay or an a yet, but it's not looking good. Um, so it's kind of sad, you know, because, I don't know, she's kind of looking forward to, like, her first – she'll remember it. She'll remember how she didn't go her first day of kindergarten. You know, little right. pictures, first day of kindergarten? Yeah, yeah. I don't think they show up on my though. Facebook memories all the time. I remember my kids when they were that age, and I wish they would go right. back to being that age. Yes, yeah. So I just think it's just so – it's just – it's. I don't know. These are just crazy times. I have educators in my family, and then I also have like a granddaughter, and then I have neighbors, and then I mean, I just don't know what some people are going to do, especially um, in Virginia, with so many of the schools going to be doing the what is it, online or virtual learning or whatever. My um, kids have difficult. lost their mind this summer. It's been very difficult for them, and I'm sure it has for you know. I mean, thousands of other kids across the country um, feeling the same way. I got one who uh, will FaceTime her friends constantly. The other one is FaceTiming and playing games at the same time constantly. But, you know, we've been trying to, I mean, for the last couple of months, every parent in the world is wondering, uh, what are our kids going to do? Are they going to go back to school? Are they not going to go back to school? Uh, We found out this week that our school district, I've got... I've got two kids that are in school. One's 13, one's 15. And we found out this week that they're going to 100% virtual learning for the fall. That was a hard pill for them to swallow because both of them, number one, they just need want the social interaction. And number two, they both have a difficult time learning uh, without the 
I guess the personal one-on-one connection, I think that's going to be a struggle for a lot of kids. Um, But some districts have chosen to go the part-time in school, part-time out. So I don't, you know, I don't know how this is going to work out. And it is, and it's, the, and that's the other thing is, is that kids all learn differently. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, and, and the weird thing is, because everybody thinks that, oh, kids love screens, so automatically they're going to love, um, yeah, no, not so much. Um, it's, there are different ways of learning, and for some kids, the online's going to be fine, and then for a fair amount, it's not going to be. Um, and then, then the other thing is, too, is that, like, the parent has to be actively involved um, I would think, um, to facilitate it. Like you're going to have to, and cause you had mentioned that, uh, that, um, Heather was having the girls, you know, do downtime, get into like, you know, an hour reading or whatever, that kind of thing. Yep. They're um, doing that now. Get- they're getting up at nine o'clock. They're reading for an hour and then they're, they've got like a half hour of math, a half hour of English, half hour of science right. and a half hour of social studies just to kind of get their brains working again. And they officially, what don't they don't go back to school until really September? Right after Labor Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that. Well, here's the thing is too is that um, they have active, involved parents, um, and it's going to be difficult. And I think that um, it's it's just going to be something we have to get through. But then you have to think about those children who don't have active, involved in parents. Right. You know, who either they're all working. You know, they may be. It may just be just the fact that they have to work two or three jobs or whatever to make enough money and, 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 and they can't be actively involved or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's the other difficult thing. But then when you think about educators, I mean, the teachers that were uncomfortable or afraid about coming into, you know, classrooms with a lot of students or whatever, because they may have had pre-existing conditions or that they may have to care for like a loved one or whatever. There's just so many um, variables there. It's just, it's crazy, man. I was trying to think, I was watching the, um, I was watching this, the school, but this is my life. I spent four hours watching a school board meeting the other night, waiting for the answer that didn't come until obviously the very end, uh, because right, everybody had to on. speak. They had so many parents that, that spoke up so many educators that spoke up. And then it finally came down to the superintendent, their recommendation for hundred percent, virtual learning. And they were talking about, I mean, I think it was like 82% of the parents in the survey said that uh, they wanted to go back. They wanted their kids to go back to school, but they ended up voting for the the virtual learning. And they were trying to talk about the reality is that the public health and educational professionals suggesting schools can reopen if, and obviously big ifs, the school district that my kids are in they transport 48,000 kids by bus each year. So they would, yeah, they would have to serve students by only transporting 26 kids per bus, which usually uh, the buses have 52 to 72 students. So you're, you're dropping that down to a third. Then if you can create an environment for uh, 24 kids where desks are six feet apart and then you have to think about students and staff wearing masks and how are you going to get 24 five-year-olds in a kindergarten classroom to right. keep those masks on for six and a half hours a day? Uh, I, got, right. I mean, there's so many variables. The parents working, the kids, and I would hate to be in that position of an educator to right. make that decision. 
Right. And then there's also the legality of it. Let's say that you can do all of those things and you do, you know, first of all, the money it's going to cost for all those buses to make that many routes and then be able to get like the kids um, in a, in an area that <clears throat> there's not too many of them. And I want to say you can do all that. You can hit all of those markers. Then there's the possibility of, some child getting it, and then I'm sorry, but, you know, people sue. Then they sue the school system. You know what I mean? I mean, right. it's just there's so many things. The other thing, um, you know, I do have an older daughter that is a school teacher in another right. state. And that's exactly the thing. They were told that they don't have to wear masks, but or wait, no, they have to wear masks, but the students do not. And they are going back to uh, school and it didn't make much sense for only half, you know, the students didn't have to wear them, but then they were liable if, you know, you're right, if if a student got COVID. Gets sick. And then it's it's the responsibility of the teacher, which I think is way too much pressure on the teacher at that point. I, there, there's no winning scenario either way you look at it. There's going to be no. thousands of people, parents and students that are upset there are going to be thousands of parents and students that are like, great. But there's so many people that, you're right, work multiple jobs. They can't come home at night after working 12, 14-hour days and then sit with their child to make sure that they get their schoolwork done. And a lot of them right. don't have the means, whether they it's they don't have laptops, they don't have yeah. Wi-Fi. Uh, internet internet access. The, the other thing is, and I believe that this has made people more community and family oriented. And this is where, as a community, you know, if you know someone in your neighborhood or you know extended family or whatever, and they have children, and you're capable of helping in any way, this is where that's going to have to happen. You know, where you know if you can either watch the kids or possibly. Um, you know, come in and, and um, you know, maybe you know some math skills or whatever. Or just, you know, we're all just going to have to help each other. The weird thing is I saw this thing um, where the super rich people um, are hiring teachers, you know, um, and then they're having them teach for their, like, three or four families or whatever and just having their kids in there. Right. And I was like, man, I mean, you just want to go. That's, you know. You just mentioned that having resources for help, whether it's a neighbor who maybe was a former educator or is great in math or something like that. I know that one of my daughters, we're having a conversation with their parents right now about a switching off homes because my, my daughter has two friends whose parents are educators. So going to their house during the day to work on something, to going to somebody else's house to work on another, you know, uh, whether it's science right. or math. So look right. for those opportunities. That's a good point. Look for those opportunities with your kids' friends and see if that's a possibility. Right. That's a great idea. Yeah. They call it a germ bubble. Staying within your germ bubble of people you know who are um, you know, doing the right things and all that good stuff and just trying to figure out a way um, you know, to work within that. Um, but, yeah, these are just – I'm not going to lie – um, it's sad what might potentially happen with my granddaughter with kindergarten, mm-hmm. but I am, I cannot imagine the stress right now of having a child in school at any grade level right now. And just right now you're sitting here going, how in the hell am I going to do this? 
Yeah. That's bad, man. That's, that's a lot of stress on parents. That's a lot of stress on parents. It's a lot of stress on the educators. It's a lot of stress on the kids who yes. have an expectation that they want to try and do their best and learn, but the resources are are few and far between or slimmer and not the same as they're used to. And it's going to be a challenge and definitely a new learning experience. Yes. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah. Wow. And then the other thing is, too, there are a lot of parents who aren't tech savvy. Right. You know, that whatever their job may be, they've never had to work with an Excel sheet or they never had to, you know, figure out how an app works or whatever, that type of thing, beyond the fact that they may not understand the math. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I'm hoping that the school systems are also going to provide that kind of technological help, too. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they're going to reach out and provide for you know, uh, some way for a, a parent. I mean, that'd be a great thing if they provided like almost like a parent tutorial um, on different things. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be an interesting fall. It really is. And the other thing is, and I always say this, like, so we can't be total Debbie Downer, is that kids are resilient. Babies are resilient and kids are resilient. Um, you know, they're, they're going to, this is going to be their story. You know, this is going to be like we all had, whatever our story was as a kid, and this is going to be, you know, their big story or whatever, but I think also it's going to be going to teach them and show them that, you know, when things happen, this is how we get through them. That's the only, the other good thing is that a lot of the, you know, these are the kids who are, are, who didn't get to sail right through all of school and didn't get everything just happening for them. Automatically, I went here and then I went to middle school and then I went to high school and then I, to the college I wanted to go to, and my parents got me in my car when I was 16. That's not these kids. These kids are going to know what it looks like to have to get over, to figure out a problem and get through it. That's a good thing. That's a that's a skill set that's going to serve them well. I think so. And edu- I mean, um, and I think that uh, just technology is their friend. They they are smarter than us in the technology world. Oh. They catch it a lot quicker. So yeah. learning that technology to be able to uh, go from, because I've seen this, I think there's another school district in our area that has already put together a schedule and said, here's the schedule of, and they're making it look like a regular school day. Like you will spend this much time sitting at your computer uh, within in a virtual classroom, learning, doing math. Then you will take five minutes and then you will come back and you will re-log in to this teacher's Zoom class or Canvas class. That's awesome. And then all of a sudden, you know, so you get a break in between, but then you you just move on. So there's structure. Um, yeah, and and you're going like right from one to the classroom. It's like you're walking down the hall to the next room or whatever. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> that awesome. I hope we haven't seen what our school district is going to do yet, but I've seen that in another one. Because you could still take attendance and the whole nine yards and it might be some accountability. That's, but then again, what happens when the cable goes out or what happens when the, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that could happen. You know what I mean? Which we've had that scenario um, fall into place for us trying to do our shows from home. The cable goes out. Yeah. You're trying to use the Wi-Fi in your phone to connect to your computer to do your show yes. or yes. having to run into the station. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be stressful on the teachers, too, because, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of accountability from their standpoint also. So on the positive, everybody's going to be learning some new skills. New skills are going to be learned. I've got faith in the students. I've got faith in the educators. And I've got faith in the parents that 
it's all going to come together. We are going to learn together. And you know what? Maybe I'm going to learn some math skills that I might have skipped when I was a freshman in high school. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to think about I'm lucky math, to balance yes. my bank account. That's all I'm going to say. So I'm I'm the worst with math, I know. So <laughs> I, I agree. I think the shock of the fact that this is the way it's going to happen is, is, is going to come off, and it's given us some weeks now to for everybody to figure out, you know, how are we going to make this work? How, if this is the way it's going to be, then let's just all, through this adversity, um, figure out how we can make it work, and I think we can. What is the phrase? Nothing is handed to us that we can't handle. Sometimes yeah. we we question that, but yeah. but we do get through it. Uh, it's called 2020. Oh my like gosh! The entire year. So. Uh huh. This weekend, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to uh, grab some candy. I'm going to toss it out to anybody that walks through the door. I'm going to get a turkey. And I'm going to make it and eat it, and then I'm going to get a bunch of presents <laughs> and wrap them and then open them and then call it a year. Oh, my God. If only we could all do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, that is awesome. Finally, uh, since you've been on uh, COVID sabbatical at home, have you found any really good snacks that you would be willing to share that you think we would all enjoy? Uh, a basil boat. What the hell is that? I know the basil boat is if you if you if I did by the way I have like a garden and stuff like that. I actually have things that are growing because I remember to water them now since I'm not so wigged out about um, getting to and from work. Um, you just take a piece of basil and then you take um, uh, like a small cherry tomato and you put it inside of it and then you put a little slice of mozzarella with a little sprinkle of. Um, balsamic, either the drizzle or just balsamic vinegar, and then you eat it, and then your life has changed. Because, huh. like, everything is fresh. It is so good. My granddaughter was the one who introduced me to it, and I was like, these are amazing. And it, like, makes you feel a little better about eating it, you know what I mean? Because you're not, like, it's not a lot of uh, carb. Um, so they're called basil boats, and they're the bomb. Hmm. What about you? You know what I've been making? I, I had them as a kid, and I didn't have them a lot as in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. But... Uh, beer batter zucchini, fried, fried zucchini and beer batter. Best. Oh, I, I pop that stuff like candy. That sounds amazing. Do you put it on the grill or do you bake it? Um, no, I know I put it in a frying pan, like cast iron with some oil, you know, I dip it in the beer batter Ooh. and then with some seasonings, strong seasonings mm. and so good. So good. That's Yeah. I have some tomatoes. I'm crossing my fingers and waiting. I'm trying to wait as long as I can because I'm going to have me some fried green tomatoes. Oh, you know what? You can do that the same it. way. Put the beer batter on them, too. Oh, I will do it. Thanks for the, thanks for the <laughs> recipe. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe one day we will be able to uh, see each other again and meet at the bar for a beverage. Um, until then, enjoy your time at home. Enjoy your time by your, your fancy pool kidding <laughs> your your pool yeah, right. i don't know if it's that fancy i haven't been there you haven't invited me but no it's it's just big it ain't fancy well enjoy your time there enjoy uh you know doing your show from home and if people can listen they can always listen to the station we're at we're on k95 in richmond virginia uh Lori works 10 to 3 i work 3 to 7 time for some positivity now this is where i choose to search the internet and i find a story of positivity Something that might just lift your spirits in the crazy world that we're in today. There's a charity called Sneakers for Soldiers. Now, they send thousands of new running shoes to troops in combat zones. There's a military mom in Pennsylvania 
She started it after her son had asked her to send him a pair. He needed a pair of sneakers. We said we gladly send him a pair of sneakers over. Within a week, we had Sneakers for Soldiers formed. We shipped over 2,600 pairs of sneakers to troops deployed to combat zones and eminent danger areas. With COVID-19 restrictions, I was having a real hard time finding a new replacement pair. I'm so appreciative to have. Thank you. Now, if you would like to help out Sneakers for Soldiers, their website, sneakersforsoldiers.org. Thanks to our military for everything they do. Can I get an amen? Amen! Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed The World According to G this week. On the next episode, we're going to talk to my best friend of nearly 25 years. And even though we have both moved numerous times to different states, we still remained tight and hang out every year. It's going to be a fun one because, man, have we had some drama over the years. I hope you subscribe to The World According to G and share with your friends. And I'd love it if you would pop in a review. Tell me what you think. We'll see you next week on The World According to G.